Hey there, this is Carrie Schaefer, also known as author Carrie Ann King, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Secrets, where I get to take you off the page with the people who make the books we all love to read. Tell Me Your Secrets is produced from live stream video and is owned and copyrighted by Authors on the Air, Global Radio Broadcasting Network. Hey everybody, Carrie Ann King here with you again today, and I'm very excited about our guest. I have known Christine Nolfi. Um, I forgot to ask, is that how you pronounce your last name? Yes. Yes. Yay. Okay, <laughs> I got it. Nailed it. Um, I have known Christine online for years now. Um, yeah, we are like you. Lake Union sisters and we've done all kinds of things, but I don't think we've ever talked before. So this is really exciting for me to be able to bring her on the show and introduce her to you. So um, Christine Nolfi is the author of many books. I'm going to ask her about them all in a minute because I've forgotten how many, but there are lots, like a ton. She has written um, romances, kind of sweet romances, and then last year we did a little switch i noticed into kind of more women's fiction christine right now her new book that we're going to be talking about today is called the passing storm and i'm just gonna start asking her questions because i know you'd rather hear from her than from me so hi christine welcome hi, hi carrie it's so nice to be here with you it's so fun to, to, yes, get to like talk to you sisters yeah so where in the world are you I'm in Charleston, South Carolina, originally from Northeast Ohio, but we got tired of the weather and moved down south. No <laughs> snow. No snow. Um, but you get other things probably like hurricanes and stuff. So let, let me ask you about that because you mentioned when we were talking before the show that you're writing a book and it's the first one that you've not had to write while being relocated due to weather. The Passing Storm is the first Lake Union book in the last five books for them that I didn't have to write part of the book during a hurricane. I had to evacuate at some point during every one of the Sweet Lake books. Oh my gosh. The road she left behind. There's a portion of each of those books that was written while I was fleeing in a hotel room in another state or another city. Okay, now that is true writer dedication. <laughs> I, <I'm> like, <laughs> I don't even know if my editor knows that. I, I don't know if I've ever told Chris that, by the way, I've written portions of each of those books while evacuating. You just, you, you're my hero now. I mean, that's just like, <laughs> that is so awesome. So many people would say, oh, I just can't do this. But um, yeah, that's, that's really amazing. <laughs> I, I would totally, I would email my editor and say, hey, <laughs> I'll do what I can, but you know, I'm evacuating. You hate to miss those deadlines. And, and I'm, I came out of public relations before I started writing. So the whole idea of you don't miss a deadline. So I would just find a library after we evacuated and abandon my husband and dog and go write in a library. You yeah. know, this was pre-COVID. So libraries were always right. open. Right. Well, and I get that. And, you know, I've not ever evacuated while writing a book, but I have written books while, you know, hanging out in the hospital while my mother was dying and, you know, those kinds of things. I mean, yeah. you know, after breast cancer, I... I uh, shocked my doctors with the I, sh I shocked my doctors with the question like top of my mind is like how long will it be before I can write you know so oh. I get I get that totally we do what we have to do we do well and we're very passionate as writers about what we do so let's talk about the passing storm because that's really why we're here today show us your copy 
It's so beautiful. <laughs> I um, love this if, cover. It's a gorgeous cover. If you are just listening and not seeing us on video, you're totally missing out, but you know you can go online and look up The Passing Storm by Christine Nolfi, N-O-L-F-I, just in case you were wondering. Um, so tell us a little bit about this book, Christine. The the book is, uh, the original idea is based on a blizzard that happened in uh, Northeast Ohio. It's a historic blizzard. They call it the White Hurricane. And, and I wanted to take that actual event and spin off how could one event impact a number of lives, you know, like, like a domino effect. Mm -hmm. So I based it on the storm and uh, then you follow the different characters, how they were impacted from that one event. It, okay. was, it was a historic storm, a 51 Ohio and died. Uh, the temperatures plummeted to 40 uh, below zero in Yikes. a matter of hours. The people were, there were 10 foot snow drifts uh, burying houses. So it, it was, if you ask somebody who lives in Northeast Ohio, most people there have heard of it. Right. So wow. So starting the, point. yeah, that's a great starting point. And then you have, it looks like uh, three main characters that we're yes. talking about. So um, tell us a little bit about these characters who are drawn together. We don't want to give anything away yeah. to anybody I know, but the, the main character, uh, Ray, is a woman in her early 30s, and uh, she's been impacted by the blizzard in several ways that aren't apparent to the reader right away, which I, I loved writing her character because, you know, I'm dropping it in a little at a time as you go through the book, and you don't understand all the different impacts that the storm had on her until close to the end of the book. And then uh, there's her father, and uh, she lives with him. They live in a farm that uh, is actually very much like the farm that I raised my children on after I was divorced. <laughs> I didn't realize till I was midway through the book. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm actually, I'm actually depicting the farm as it was oh. falling apart and I'm trying to get the kids raised. And, and then uh, uh, they take in a teenage boy named Quinn. And you know, I'm an adoptive mother. And uh, so, so his character is very much drawn on my experiences Right. Well, and let's Before stop there for a minute because I know you're an adoptive mother, but uh, many of our listeners may not. So if you don't mind sharing that information, tell us a little bit about, you know, how many children have you adopted? Um, I have uh, four kids. Uh, they're a sibling group from the Philippines. Uh, they were abandoned in the jungle. Uh, they were ages uh, four, four, five, and seven at the time of the adoption. So my oldest daughter, especially at age seven, you know, had a lot of memories of sure of what had happened before the adoption right and it isn't just that it had, before I adopted I read hundreds of case studies I, I tried to adopt here in the U.S. for years so I think creating a character like Quinn was really drawn from all those case studies I had read talking to other adoptive parents sure and he just was a lovely character and he had he comes from a very abusive home and Ray takes him in and uh, their stories are connected in more ways than are apparent at the beginning of the book. Right. Again, I don't want to give too right. much away. Well, and even at the beginning, and this isn't giving away too much because it's in the yeah. first pages, we, we are told that, you know, Ray really has reasons not to want to have anything yeah. to do with Quinn and it begins to unfold. I have not finished the book yet. I just started. I'm, I'm like in the- I can't the, wait to read yours. It's, I, it's oh, yay. <laughs> I should mention, all right, since she's brought it up, Other People's Things by me, Carrie Ann King, is now available out there in the world. So um, just so you know, uh, 
And I well, can't wait to read it. It's, it sounds like such a fun story. <laughs> it, it is. It's fun. We'll, it's we'll different be than from house we're, to house. We're here to talk about your books today. Okay, so I'm sorry. I'm, I'm <laughs> thank you for product placement moment for Carrie Ann King. <laughs> I love it. So we are here talking about the passing storm. However, um, have you ever been in a, in a snowstorm? I was in college in Shaker Heights when uh, the white hurricane occurred. My uh, parents and three younger sisters uh, lived in Chardon where the book takes place at the time of the storm. So uh, I always knew at some point I would write about this because uh -huh. they were terribly impacted. They were trapped. You couldn't get out of houses. There, were, there, there was one child that uh, died from snow dropping off of a tree limb. Oh my God. How much snow came down? That much snow, yeah. Yeah. So, so I wasn't directly impacted by it, but my parents and uh, my younger sisters talked about it for years. Right. So, well, so my you, brother, he was actually trapped on the highway during it. So you were directly impacted because you were worried about your family, family during that yeah. time. So it's it sounds like all kinds of things kind of snuck into this book. So you started with the storm and there was, you know, what happened to your family. And then there was your experience with trying to keep a farm going um, after and your all divorce. And merged into a story. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how that happened? So you did. Did you see that coming when you started or did it surprise you? Uh, this this book came together faster than any other book I've written. And, and I think in part that was because uh, I started coming up with the idea in January 2020 and I had already started stockpiling food in the house. I knew we were going to have a pandemic. My husband thought I was nuts, but I'm kind of a nerd <laughs> reading global information all the time. So I think part of the reason it came together so quickly was it was unbearable reading the news. So I reached a point where I just stopped and buried myself in my story. You know how you get to that point when you're writing, you just don't want to leave it. I was at that point within weeks yeah. instead of, you know, a hundred pages in. Right. I think it was because of the pandemic and it was a, a place to escape to uh -huh. that, that had a hopeful ending because you, you know what it was like at the beginning of 2020. We didn't know how this was going to end. We did not. It's, it's funny you say that, though. We're, we're directly flipped at my um, at my house. My my partner is the one who, he used to be in supply chain. So he's looking way down the road and insisting on laying in all of these supplies. And I'm laughing right. at him. Ha, ha, ha. And then we start that going to the grocery store. And, yeah. You were right. I had to say it. You were right. So. We had to prepare. So I think that whole experience, I wanted to write something that showed people going through a great tragedy and coming out resilient and better people at the other end, something really hopeful. Right. I hope nothing makes people cry. Happy tears. Well, and, and what a wonderful thing to do. You know, um, it's therapeutic for us as writers. And then also, you know, I love that it's therapeutic as a reader that you get to follow people through a difficult experience and then watch them emerge hopeful and, and triumphant on the other side. It's very encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I, I, all of my books are hopeful. I, I, I don't think I could write a really despondent book that just ends in all tears. No. No, me, same here. I, I always have to have to end there. So question for you. So do you remember what you're like early in COVID, what your reading was? I, I got into the Lord of the Rings. I had not read, I used to read that trilogy regularly. And I actually, that was my comfort read was to read through the entire um, Lord of the Rings because 
I love that they're going through a very, very, very dark time. But again, they're very resilient and yeah. there was still joy and the magic and everything. And it all survived, you know, and they came out the other side. So that that Gosh, was it for was me. I reading it that honestly, Carrie, I got so wrapped up in in these characters. I think I stopped reading stopped anything. Reading. I was waking up in the middle of the night and I'd have like eureka moments and I'd have part of another chapter and I'd get oh, back wow. to write it. I love when that happens, don't you? Eureka moments are my very, very favorite part of writing. I, and I, they always happen when you're away from your office. You're out walking or you're shopping or you're exercising. They always happen somewhere else. Yes. Shower. I don't, I don't know if I read anything during the pandemic because I got so wrapped up in this book. Right. That's so wonderful. I love that you were so wrapped up in it. So um, question now, are you writing anything now? Uh, I just... Uh, I, I'm getting ready for edits of my uh, next Lake Union release. I just delivered it to my editor. Hopefully I'll have the edits started in the middle of November. Right. And th that book should come out next September. Can you tell us anything about it? it like the tentative title? And it's a sister's story. It's, uh, it's very hopeful. It had, like Storm, it has some very dramatic parts and some secrets you're not expecting. But I, I've never written a, a true sister story, and I have four sisters. So how oh, could wow. I how could I not have written one of those yet? And again, it was one of those ideas that just kind of hit. Yeah. So I love that. yeah, I love when that happens. Do you do you have a title for it yet, or no? I don't. And, okay. And the last couple of books, Lake Union does a better job of titling. Are you able to come up with your own titles? I do come up with my own titles. And they like, do a better for, job than I do. For example, for with um, other people's things, I honestly thought they were going to change that title. It was something that just popped into my head. It's like I need a title for this book, and I'm like, oh, that fits. So I, oh, and I everybody, love that title. Yeah, everybody loved it, and I was really surprised. I, I didn't, you know, who knew? <laughs> I'm at the point now where I just deliver a manuscript to Lake Union untitled because I know they do a better job of titling. They're going to change it anyway. Right? <laughs> So I did have to ask you, I like to ask about secrets and I was looking at your website and um, there's a mention here, there's a little bio and um, it says, it starts this way, I love this. Some writers are gifted with an unusual life and I'm certainly one of those. And then it says, in college, I was featured on the front page of the Houston Post for a lark that erased all my debt. Are you willing to tell us about what that lark sure. was? Uh, for readers that remember this, in, the, uh, in 1980, the uh, airlines got into a pricing war. I don't know if you remember this. Maybe it might have been, no, it was 1979, and I was in college. I've just dated myself terribly. Uh, they got into a pricing war. And if you took a, if you took a trip in uh, June and July of that summer, uh, you would get a $25 coupon off your next flight. And they forgot to write non-transferable at the bottom of these coupons. So around the country, there must have been about 25 college students like myself that figured this out. So we went to airports and we were buying these coupons from like families that wouldn't travel again. And then um, for years, I couldn't say who we sold ours to. Uh, <laughs> we sold ours to Procter & Gamble. Oh, we had no. Contract saying we wouldn't tell anybody for 10 years who, who bought these coupons, but they used them for their business travel. And um, anyway, we, we were in Houston. We decided to, I'm not sure why we decided to fly down to Texas, but we decided to go to Texas to buy coupons. And uh, the Houston Post 
figured it out and they put us on the front page. And that day, like there was a swarm of people trying to buy these coupons, but we'd already bought a ton of them and sold them to Procter and Gamble in New York City. Oh, that's so funny. my college debt. You were early an entrepreneur. So I, and actually there were several college students that figured it out a day or two before us. And I heard that one of them made like half a million dollars, which is a lot of money now, but even more in 1979. Wow. That's, we made that's, about 25,000. That's still, that's pretty decent money for, especially for college students who are very good. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so Christine, that's, that's my secret. where can people find you if they want to keep up with you online? Do you have a newsletter that they should subscribe to? Yes. Please go to my uh, website, christinealfie.com, sign up for my newsletter. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Goodreads, uh, and christine at christinealfie.com. I, I love email. Send me okay. a note. And that's awesome. And Christine is spelled C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, the good old fashioned way. And Nolfi is N-O-L-F-I for those of you who are listening so you can find her. And you do want to read The Passing Storm. And I, again, I forgot to mention. So this book technically is out November 1st, but it is already out now in October because it is an Amazon first reads, which is just absolutely, you know, exciting and fun when that happens. Yeah. So although it's, it's not fun. officially released, it already has a gazillion reviews and a bunch of, you know, really, really nice stars. So this is exciting and awesome. And um, you are going to want to have a look at it. So find The Passing Storm by Christine Nolfi. Go find her website and her newsletter, find her online and read the book and Please look at the it. others. <laughs> Thanks so much, Christine. I'm so excited that I actually got to see your face. It was really fun to talk I know. to you. Thank you, Carrie. This was wonderful. It, it, um, it was, so we'll have to do it again, like next year. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank All right. you. Bye.